This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys. Final segment of today's Sons of the Shoe. And obviously, we like to do our Michigan panic meter here. My panic has not changed. How about you, Spencer? Yeah, I think we're both going to be in the uh, the dark gray still. No, no change, even with the Bill O'Brien departure. the The only thing I think that would sway that specific um, thing happening that would maybe sway the meter is if that means, like we talked about last episode, that Julian Sayan leaves with him. You know what I mean? And I don't think it'd be a major sway. I think it would just be. Are any of these kids now like, well, I was actually looking forward to, f- to playing with Ryan or to playing with under Bill O'Brien. I actually want to follow him, but I don't know that that's going to be the case, especially because most of these guys, Julian Sane included, came on or signed on here. Or did, uh, was he before or after Bill? I don't know. Uh, Sane followed O'Brien. Okay. But, the, but the rest, um, were all kind of pre Bill O'Brien hire. So I'm not as worried about that. So the other thing that kind of tangibly impacts uh, Ohio State and Michigan is Michigan is hiring Wink Martindale, uh, former Giants, former Ravens, defensive coordinator. Yeah. So the uh, roundabout, the Baltimore to Michigan pipeline continues. And I think, listen, I do think this is a good thing for Michigan because, one, Don Martindale is really well-respected as a defensive coordinator. And I think the other thing is I think it does show that Sharon Moore – continues to solicit advice from both Harbaugh's. And I mean, I think, I think the exodus from Ann Arbor um, has been a lot more significant of coaches following Harbaugh or going into the NFL, like Jay Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's son is the special teams coordinator in Seattle. So like, I think, I think the exodus out of Ann Arbor for the coaches was much more than people expected. So to see that Sharon didn't panic, to see that Sharon was able to go to and keep those relationships intact and he's hiring guys with connections, like I think that makes a I think that's a good sign if you're a Michigan fan. Um, I don't know that it's a bad sign if you're an Ohio State fan, but I think you're always looking for cracks with a new coach, a first-time coach at a power program. When when more coaches started going, initially it was gonna be three guys. When more coaches started going, I understood a little bit of the agita from Michigan fans, but uh, Wink Martindale is a hell of a follow-up to to Jesse Mentor as the defensive coordinator in Ann Arbor. Yeah, you know, it's been nice to sit back and just kind of laugh at their expense a little bit over the last week as more coaches were following Harbaugh. And I saw, I know Ari Wasserman was tweeting about how it can be hard as a first-time head coach when when you're getting your staff sort of purged this way. And so he's, he's kind of set up in a, in a tough situation. But if you're a Michigan fan – if we were doing the reverse Michigan panic meter like we did a couple episodes ago, I can see why you maybe be in the – I forget which side we had on what, but I, I can see why you maybe be in the in the blue versus the maze because you're like, oh, no, we're losing our coaches. I think a move like adding Don Martindale actually sways you back towards almost the middle where you're like, okay, like that that's a really good hire. 
he's a guy who's similar, I think, to the Bill O'Brien hire at Ohio State. Like, it's a veteran coach who's done it at the NFL level, who could do it at the college level. And it almost it solidifies that Sharon Moore isn't just going to have this, like, piecemeal together staff. He's going and getting some bigger fish and trying to revamp the the staff around him the right way. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely like a win of a an, an addition for the for the Wolverines. So not only do we have that to talk about, but Ohio State is building quite a streak here. As last night at the NFL Honors, C.J. Stroud was mentioned and, and named the AP's uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that was an obvious choice, but that yeah. now makes – Two Ohio State players in a row to win the Offensive Player of the Year. Two years ago, it was Garrett Wilson, Jets wide receiver. And uh, now, like, not to get all greedy, but I, I think you can go <laughs> three, three for three, right? I think that, yeah, I mean, that's the question I want to ask for our listeners as well. Do you think that Ohio State can go three for three with Offensive Rookie of the Year back to back to back? Garrett Wilson, C.J. Stroud, and then Marvin Harrison Jr., who we know is going to be a highly touted prospect. I think it's definitely – like, if, I, if I'm if i putting money on this, like, if I have a chance to bet on this, I – and at some point it'll be a thing, I'm sure, after the draft, like, who's going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I may actually put some money on it because I think it's, it's more than likely when you think about this rookie class. And there may be some guys that emerge, and it, it's obviously hard to trump a quarterback, but it happened two years ago with, with, with Wilson – I would put money on it being Marvin Harrison Jr. Just because of what I've said before, that I don't know if there's been a wide receiver that I've seen anywhere that the moment they get drafted, they're already, I would consider them like a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Like, I think that is how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is. I I think he's going to instantly, we'll see it from game one on, that this guy is just a freak. He is built different. He, you know, throw out whatever qualifier you want and he's that guy yeah <laughs> he's got that dog in him um <laughs> I, I i truly believe he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver from the moment he gets drafted to and steps on the field um so barring an injury i think it's i think it's going to happen I, I think i think marvin harrison jr make it three in a row for the Buckeyes. so i think the toughest thing is because because what you're really fighting this is also a quarterback award yeah that's what's tough unless you either drastically outperform a quarterback or the quarterbacks just suck. So I think I'd listen. I think Marvin, if you had said going into each of these last three years, um, Garrett Wilson, uh, two years ago, CJ going into this year, Marvin next year, if three years ago, we knew the the profile and the performance of each one of those three guys who would have the best chance of being offensive rookie of the year, hands down, you'd say Marvin. If you, if you were able to to like track the trajectory of how great a player is and what I, I think Marvin steps in is is a like top 10 wide receiver. I think he steps in as an impact difference maker kind of player. So I think he has a real chance. But I also think the other reason why it feels more like a chance is Caleb Williams is going to be a top five pick, top 10 pick. But stock is down from him to where it was a year ago. Um, Drake may, I, I really thought Drake may would get a lot more love going into the draft because yeah. he kind of fits. I mean, he's big, he's well, physical, it's not, it's he's not got too, a great it's not arm. too late. There's well, always that random, fair. you know, we, we start, you know, April, it, it always feels like we get a new report. Like this guy's rising. This guy's falling every single well, time. Well, but I mean, like I, 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 you look at Drake, I think he's a top five tap and pick, but I don't know. People expect him to be great in his rookie yeah. year. 
and J.J. McCarthy, any of these other guys, I don't think anybody expects these guys to step in and be an impact player. And by the way, C.J. Stroud is the anomaly. Like, rookie quarterbacks that step in immediately become one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL immediately are the reason their team wins by a significant margin and their team wins. That doesn't happen. We've had really good rookie seasons, right? Where they win the offensive player of the year, but maybe the team doesn't win or we've had, okay, they're on a winning team, but like, it's like, Oh, well, they're more of a system quarterback, right? Like this is a clear cut case where CJ Stroud is a baller. He is 90% of the reason why the Texans won this last year because their roster still isn't great. And yeah. and then and then they did win. Like they wanted a high clip and they won a playoff game. So I think that is what makes CJ the unicorn in all this. But it's just so tough. Like I, I tend to think Caleb Williams has the best chance to step in and be an impact player because he just was so special even this year, even though they didn't win a lot at USC, he was just so special as a player that I would it's, – it's just tough to believe a guy that was that good for three years in college at two different programs isn't going to be an immediate impact player. But, like, I guess it's part of this is where do they end up? Yeah. You know, uh, like – Yeah, situation 100% matters. Like, you look at the draft order, and, and obviously a lot of this is still fluid, but, you know, are the Bears actually going to take Caleb Williams at one or are they going to trade back? It, where does that leave Marvin with Washington and New England up next on, on the board? Like, are they going to both take a quarterback? There's been some people linking Marvin Harrison Jr. to New England. If that's the case and they pass up going for a quarterback, is he is Mac Jones going to be throwing to him? Because I don't know if that's the best situation for him. Granted, Garrett Wilson did win it with uh, Zach Wilson throwing him the football and the the pre-Cleveland version of Joe Flacco, which wasn't very good. Um so, yeah, like, it, but if he ends up in Arizona, like, if he falls to four and the Cardinals take him, Colin Murray's a fine NFL quarterback. Like, that might be a good situation for him. So, situation definitely matters. Um, but I, I just think well, – I was because, uh, Real quick, I was talking more about the situation the quarterbacks end up in. Well, that – no, and that, that that's you part know, of it, like, too. That's I mean, I, too. I almost think, like, Marvin's so box office. It's not that it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, look at Travis Kelsey's numbers before uh, yeah. Pat Mahomes and after. Like, he was great. But he is clearly otherworldly. He's going to get the since football. linking up with Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. he's so like going to get with, the football. With Marvin, there's a, there's a significant significant difference if your quarterback's Justin Fields or Kyler Murray, and it's Mac Jones. Sure. Um, but man, I got to tell you, from the quarterback perspective, like if Caleb Williams ends up in Washington, that's a couple year build. You know, if Drake May ends up in Washington or New England, or and New England does have some assets, but like. There's not a team that I look at in that first top five that if you take a quarterback, I'm convinced that quarterback's going to do what C.J. Stroud did and yeah. win, play well, and be the reason you won, and then get you the playoffs all in, in their rookie year. That Stroud, that continues to yeah. be the, the – C.J. Stroud reset the standard oh, yeah. for, rookie, for quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, taking over a team that had the number two pick. And then the next year, not only are you in the playoffs – you won a division nobody gave you a chance in, and then you win and beat one of the best regular season teams in the NFL in Cleveland, who if not for the stupid way that they do playoffs, Cleveland would have been the three seed if they didn't right. favor teams that won the division. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on Stroud. Like, like he's kind of set the bar at a different level and is almost an anomaly or a unicorn in that way. So we'll see how that impacts how we measure Caleb Williams and these other guys coming out. I'll also just say this, and Stroud actually gave a shout-out to Ohio State and to Ryan Day. And for as much hate and – But not Bill O'Brien? He did not mention Bill O'Brien. No, no he did not. I'm sorry. The GOAT. Um, yeah, there, there are times that not overlap, even though Bill O'Brien goes down as an Ohio State legend. But I, I as much hate as Ryan Day gets and takes uh, on a regular basis from this fan base, and some of it is earned because when you lose to Michigan, it comes with the territory. He even he he every time he's out at the podium, he mentions that he said it at uh, on Wednesday. Like it's just part of being at Ohio State; you got to live with it. But there's got to be no better testament to the program he's running and him. When you have the offensive rookie of the year, who at one point was even in the MVP conversation, and CJ Schrock going up there and saying, Hey, thank you, Coach Day. Thank you, Ohio State. Like you talk about programs that prove that they can develop people. You see Garrett Wilson, you see CJ Stroud winning that award back to back. You see the number of guys that go to the NFL and are and are and are top draft picks, the wide receivers in particular. Uh, you're going to add another one to the list like we just talked about Marvin Harrison Jr., but that list goes on and on with Chris Olave putting up good numbers and Garrett Wilson putting up big numbers. And Michael Thomas at a point was was a great NFL receiver. Like, There's no be- better testament to the program than those guys vouching for you. And so as much as Ryan Day takes a lot of hate, you got to give him – this is another put moment for us to pause and realize that he probably deserves some credit for the for the, the talent that he's pumping out and putting into the into the pros. Get ready for the hate mail you're going to get from Anthony Lima because you said something nice about uh, Ryan Day. <laughs> All right, guys, will Ohio State make it three for three one year from now and add uh, the third straight offensive rookie of the year for the NFL honors? Uh, that kind of does it for us. But again, follow the show wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify. Uh, I keep almost saying Stitcher. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, The free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. Make sure to comment on 923thefan's YouTube channel. Make sure to hit us with the subscription. Uh, Like the videos. We appreciate all your support, guys. Uh, But next week, we've got more conversations. We should know who the Ohio State offensive coordinator is. We should know maybe a little more clarity at some of the, uh, the quarterback comments Ryan Day made this week. Big week coming next week. Talk to you next week. Spencer, great great stuff today, buddy. Go Bucks.